like you kind of forget that he's solving a murder. You know what I mean? Like it's no like more it should be way more sad that he deals with a murder every single episode. But Almost. think of like Nancy Drew or like those old shows where yes. it's like a murder of the week. Oh I, god, it sounds bad. No. no I- Good morning or afternoon or evening. This is under our roof. My name is Grace or Semler, depending on how you know me. And I'm keeping sweet. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Wow, let's just jump right into that. We have been watching the Netflix documentary series called Keep Sweet and Obey. Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey. Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey. We're honestly a couple weeks behind the trend of watching the show. It's been out now for a little God, bit. It's dark that, to be like the trend of watching this incredibly well, unsettling mean, show. Yeah. But I know what you mean. It was trending. That's what I mean by trend. Not yes, like yes, it's yes. trendy. No, it's extremely cool to get into fundamentalist Mormon polygamous cults. And it is kind of a dark joke for me to joke about keeping sweet. But guess what? We try to joke about basically everything we can. And I will say, since watching Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey, I've been telling the dogs to keep sweet when they're being bad. If I may, if we remove all the context around how we learned about the expression keep sweet, which I recognize we can't because context is important and uh, inextricable from how we learned the expression keep sweet, but just go with me on this exercise. Imagine that we could. Keep sweet <laughs> is really a great, I think, invitation for uh, dogs especially, or pets especially, yeah. as, a re- as a reminder of like, hey, this isn't you barking at the mailman, keep sweet. Keep sweet. And it seems like something that my best friend, Darren, like, that she she has a lot of expressions for her dog Wally that we've adopted. Like one of them is nice time only. Yeah, whenever she's leaving Wally to go somewhere, she's like, Wally, be good. Nice time only. Nice time only. And she'll say it like that. And we just started saying that as well. And it se- keep sweet is something that I can imagine her saying to Wally. Be like, Wally, keep sweet. Keep yeah. sweet, Wally. <laughs> I know. We've been saying it to the dogs. But the truth is, we learned about it from this incredibly dark documentary series lady i guess we should put a bit of a content warning but then maybe share a little bit about what what the series is about we're not we're not finished it quite yet no we're only we're three episodes in and i think it's a six or eight part series i could be wrong but yeah it's like a limited series anyway it is about the fundamentalist church of jesus christ of latter-day saints i think i'm saying that right and which is basically like a fundamentalist sect of mormonism i understand mormons don't use the word mormons anymore they just say lds i think but you probably know of them as mormons in this fundamentalist sect they had polygamy and really what it boils down to is they really genuinely viewed women and children as like property and they would be exchanged between different men and they would have to get like reassigned to different husbands and the sex trafficking of young girls that were members of the cult so they would make girls get married at like age 14 and stuff and always to the women and girls the phrase would be like keep sweet keep sweet no matter what like obey your husband so it actually is quite dark and Mm -hmm. bad um, of a phrase in that context but i have been using it to the dogs. Only to the dogs. Only, yeah, only to the dogs. And this episode, I guess, sort of in light of watching something that is truly horrific, perhaps to escape a little bit our current reality, which seems also horrific 
and all-encompassing, we wanted to have an episode about how we are keeping our spirits as positive and hopeful and encouraged as we can during what is a a very like difficult time period and the the reason why is obviously because of the supreme court striking down Roe v Wade and I actually wanted lady if you can maybe explain for people who have seen this on the news but maybe are not familiar with some of the legal jargon around it can you just explain the news story I mean, I'm definitely not equipped to do a Supreme Court review analysis by any means. I have read Sure, but just like the Well, I know I'm yeah. I'm getting to it. I have read the opinion um of Jack I what's the is it like Jackson, Mississippi v. Dobbs, something like that. Dobbs is the, the case. Dobbs decision. Yeah. The Dobbs decision. But it yeah. Basically Roe versus Wade was decided in nineteen seventy three, right? I think so. Um, anyway, it was decided, yeah, 1973, I'm pretty sure. And it was a Supreme Court decision that found a constitutional right to abortion. Now, that didn't mean that it could be with no limitations. There still were laws restricting abortion, as I'm sure you know, uh, ever since then. But you, you couldn't have a state that had no access whatsoever at any stage of a pregnancy to abortion. And basically, like the very, very boiled down version is that it's based in the right of privacy. More so my understanding is it's not really so much of a gender equality decision, but more of a right of privacy decision. So that was a big victory for privacy and bodily autonomy and rights of many, many people. But then there's this new decision that Basically, a state wanted to restrict it even further, and a clinic wanted to be able to do certain procedures. The new Supreme Court, which has been stacked with conservatives, said that Roe was decided wrong. And the reason why this is a a really big deal, I mean, it's a big deal in terms of rights and protections, but also just in terms of the way our Supreme Court works, it's a big deal because they're they're basically contradict them, contradicting themselves and overruling themselves. Even though it's different people that were on the court for Roe versus now, it's still the same like governing body, essentially, that's saying, well, that court, those justices got it wrong. And the decision is so infuriating when you read it, the way that they explain why it's wrong. I mean, it's a really long decision, so I don't blame I haven't read every single word in detail, but I've read through it and I don't blame you if you start to read it and you can't make sense of it because it's it's in legalese and it's long and I think it reads as very rambling, but it actually is following kind of a logic of how they're going to be able to overrule themselves. Yeah, but, so on top of being evil, the Supreme Court are also bad writers. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm explaining like it reads at first glance as rambling because they have to go through sort of this zigzag to get to where they say that it's oh, okay I see, I see. to overrule themselves. But they acknowledge all the problems with what they're trying to do. They're like, well, yes, we have this concept where we don't overrule past decisions for the most part because people need to be able to rely on things. And then they say, um, basically, but in this case, Roe was so egregiously wrong that it's okay that we're overruling it. And they also say, basically, nobody can really be relying on the precedent of Roe versus Wade because 
by nature it involves unplanned pregnancies which is such a dumb logic to me like not true well yeah not true bean yeah bean no i agree chime in bean sound off bean let him know he's like liars (laughs) yeah basically this isn't the only logic that they used in overruling roe versus wade and ruling the way they did for dobbs but part of their logic is that people the concept that we need to have established precedent that we don't overrule so that people can rely on the law and know what the law is going to be and not have it pulled out from under our feet every however many decades Mm -hmm. they say that in this type of context of pregnancy it doesn't apply because by nature it's unplanned so that nobody can need to rely on this which is like the worst logic i've ever heard and the last thing i'll say is that it's so clear that this supreme court is so political and so not upholding the uh objective and measured and kind of removed from politics stance that they're supposed to have and i mean for me I just just feel like the whole perception of the Supreme Court has really changed so much, even in the last 10 years that I've been way more plugged into the legal world that I've been either in law school or a lawyer. Because I remember when I was in law school, there's nothing, nothing more prestigious than being a Supreme Court clerk. I was a clerk, not for the Supreme Court. I was a clerk for a court two steps below the Supreme Court, basically. I was a Clerk, I was a federal law clerk for the district court. So basically, decisions that I helped with would be appealed up to the circuit court, like the Ninth Circuit where we live, and then one more appeal would go to the Supreme Court. So I was like two steps below the Supreme Court, which is still prestigious. But to clerk for the Supreme Court, there's like literally nothing, nothing more prestigious. That was a lot of people's eventual goal. Uh, some of my professors at Berkeley had been Supreme Court clerks. It's just like a huge, huge honor. And I'm not saying it's not anymore, but back then it was kind of like, yeah, Bean really wants to chime in. He's really got a lot to say. He was like, back then when I applied to be a Supreme Court clerk, doggy clerk, that used to mean something to be a dog. Oh my God. what you wanted to say you say everything that you had to say bean i know it's it's been a tough week for you he says for now i might chime in again okay so anyway all i was gonna say is back when i was in law school and people were talking about clerking and things like that there was really not the same sense of oh well this is a i mean yeah we knew like scalia was conservative and ginsburg was liberal like yes but there really was not the same kind of extreme political Mm. positions that people that the justices i feel have now because back then i remember people just talking about 
clerking for, I mean, a Supreme Court justice would be the highest honor. It wasn't even consideration of like, well, you have to make sure you're clerking for one of the good ones because once somebody takes that sort of position, any political leaning they may have should fall away. And of course, Mm, that still wasn't the case. Like we all know the justices would split a certain way for the foreseeable memory of this country. I'm not saying that this new, but, but the level of politics I feel is new. And it just wasn't the same sense of like, well, this one was appointed by this president. So you have this allegiance, like the judge that I clerked for was appointed by George Bush. And that didn't even cross my mind in going to work for him because he had decided to be a judge, meaning completely removed from political life. You're in the judicial branch. So you're not, you're not taking a political position anymore. And I had a wonderful experience. I think also the weight of the Trump presidency and how much past the point of no return that shifted for the country. And not to say that like our disillusionment began with Trump because that's not the case. But I just think of like he was able to appoint three Supreme Court justices in his four-year term. He was impeached twice. He did not win the popular vote. And yet still, by being able to hold the office of of president, we are now living in a post-Roe United States. And I think that is just feels so heavy and infuriating. And what we want to talk about in this episode is how we are finding ways to deal. How we are keeping spirits. How are we? Oh God. No, how are we keeping, <laughs> how are we keeping our spirits up? Yes, because we wanted to acknowledge the the moment that we're in and the the times that we are living in. And I, I actually think that it would be helpful as well if we could maybe link in the show notes. Um, I know there's like a, a master link for local abortion funds that if you're interested, you can donate to. I would really encourage you within your own communities to see who's doing that work. And if you're interested to, to get involved, and if you're able to, to get involved. And then also take care of yourself and those in your community and your friends because we have a long life, God willing, ahead of us and a lot of work to do. So this episode, we are going to be telling you about some ways that we uh, keep on keeping on because we have to, we have to, we have to keep going and there is hope and there is the best that is yet to come. I do believe that somehow, not every day, but mostly yes. Recently, not as much, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> no. but, but I, but I don't want, I don't want to be, I don't think there's anything cute ab- about just resigning yourself to this world is awful because I, I believe people to be good. I believe systems to be evil and people who operate within them to be bad, but I, I believe people in community are good. And so you have to hold on to that. We have to hold on to each other. We have to keep going. That's the only way through is with each other. I definitely agree with that. And I I don't mean to sound doomsday at all because I don't really feel that way. But yes, it's been hard lately to feel like the best days of our, I don't know, I don't want to say lives because I like to think that many times I can enjoy my life without thinking about some of these issues because, well, because of privilege. But it's hard to think the best days of like the life that I've known living where I do are ahead because it 
can feel like our country is going to collapse. Mm. But uh, I do think it's like part of the human experience to believe the best is yet to come. Even if you're wrong, that belief is what we have right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. That hope. So what are some things that we have been doing to keep us encouraged and heartened in pretty heartless times? You go first. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> All right. Well, I have really gotten into an old comfort show of mine, and I'm thankful that there are eight seasons that you mostly can watch out of order, although they do get worse after something happens. That is the murder mystery show, Monk, Detective Monk. It's jungle out there. Disorder and confusion everywhere. No one seems to care. Well, I do. Hey, who's in charge here? It's jungle out there. Poison in the very air we breathe. You know what's in the water that you drink? Well, I do. It's amazing. People think I'm crazy. Cause I worry all the time. You paid attention, you'd be worried too. You better pay attention for this world we love so much. Mr. Monk, he is played by, I have no idea what his name is. Why was I about is. to say Adrian? Tony Shaloub. He's played by Tony Shaloub, who plays Adrian Monk, who's a detective who basically has a nervous breakdown when his wife is murdered and has to leave the force. And then when he comes back onto the force, he has a lot of like eccentricities and like this attention to detail and cleanliness that make him a very good detective at noticing small details. And he has this assistant for the first three seasons named Sharona, who has my entire heart and soul. And then this was kind of a pre-internet show. And uh, she was not being paid enough. And so she was like, I'm going to walk. And they were like, for sure, we don't need you. And so they let her walk, even though she was truly the heart and soul of my life and the show. (laughs) And I think that if Twitter had been around, there would have been a campaign to keep her on there and they would have paid her what she was due. But whatever, they have five other seasons after that of just every there's like a mystery per episode. Not all of them are murder. Some of them are like finding a missing dog or like a missing like it's there. I I can't explain this very well because you're like murder. This sounds very dark. This was like pre true detective pre like intense crime shows like I mean there were intense crime shows but this is like I don't know how they do this maybe it's the music they have a clarinet that's kind of like a whimsical (laughs) clarinet but like you kind of forget that he's solving a murder you know what I mean like it's no like more it should be way more sad that he deals with a murder every single episode but think of like Nancy Drew or like those old shows where it's like a murder of the week Oh, God, it sounds bad. No, no, I feel like it's major Nancy Drew vibes. Mystery of the week. Even though Nancy Drew often wasn't um, a murder, it would be like a missing person and then they end up finding the person alive, stuff like that, or like missing jewels No, people definitely die. So in Monk, it's more actual murders, but Nancy Drew vibes. And yeah, it's a very fun show. And it's like funny. He looks for clues. It's There's something about it at the end of the day that because the mystery is tied together with a neat little bow, I think that is why I find it comforting. 
because there's a a crisis, a problem, a a murder, a death. (laughs) And then at the end of the episode, it's tied together with a little wink at the camera from Adrian Monk and Sharona or Natalie when she comes back in. No shade to Natalie. It's just Sharona was a way better assistant. So you can fight me on that. I've actually like cried about the fact that they didn't pay Sharona enough and how like I would have gone to bat for her and like started a TikTok campaign if I was around like... Grace has been a little bit like... Biddy Shram, the actress who plays Sharona, if you're listening, but you're not. But if you are, you're fucking awesome, dude. You deserve, like, you so deserve much the better. world. But Grace will be like sitting down on the couch and just looking kind of glum <laughs> and be like, hey, I'm just like feeling kind of down. And I'm like, oh, she really? was so good Let in the me role. Tell the story. Okay. <laughs> and I'll be like, what is happening? Like, why are you feeling down? Yeah. And you're like, <sighs> well, I was just thinking about how Sharona yeah. wasn't able to continue on the show. Yeah. Yeah, this I like mean, that's and, and the rest of the cast was, you know why? Because they don't care about women. Okay, you said it. Yeah, they don't. Okay. And so they were like, oh, we'll just replace you with like another blonde actress. And I was like, not I know not on my watch. Well, they yeah, did. They actually, did. they did. They okay. didn't care about me. They ne- they just don't care about us. Okay, what what else makes you happy? So this has been a new thing for me that I used to never do. And I don't know why some a flip has switched in my mind but i am putting my phone on airplane mode like all the time and it's amazing you're flying a lot well, Take a lot of trips i have actually in the last month been flying much more than usual because of many weddings mm-hmm. that we've attended but i have been putting my phone on airplane mode no just like around the house and i've heard this tip for years from people saying you know if you need to focus if you need to unwind if you need to just you know unplug to put your phone on airplane mode because here's the thing i don't like to tr- fully turn off my phone because i like to be able to take pictures of the dogs at any given moment <laughs> if they're doing something cute that is very important to me that is very important. and also like i have my calendar i might want to check look for photos just you know i use my phone not to constantly look on social media although i do that a lot too but just to um you know use tools on my phone use the timer if i'm cooking something uh, stuff like that. So yes, I could go more analog and get tools to be able to do that that are not my phone. But it's very easy to use my phone as a calculator, a timer, a camera, all those things that don't need the internet and work just as well on airplane mode. But for years, I kind of was like, yeah, but what if someone calls me and they don't leave a voicemail and then I won't know if it was on airplane mode or like my text might not come through. And then recently, I was just like, who cares if someone calls like what i i'm here with my spouse with my dogs and my mom if she really needs me she'll text me and ask why my phone is off which i will then see when i turn off airplane mode like there is literally nothing and no one that needs me badly enough that they can't uh text grace or something not to put it all on you but you know what i mean put it all on me i am the worst with my phone it's practically on airplane mode but i just texting me is like texting a void i think i in the last couple weeks have really at times fallen into doom scrolling and just being like way too much screen time way too on my phone checking in with the news with what people are saying online about these current events And I just am loving airplane mode. Also, kind of a um, bonus is that I actually have two phones because I have a work cell phone and a personal cell phone. My work pays for my work cell phone. I don't like pay for two phones, but I have my work phone on, which also helps because that I don't have any apps on. Like I don't have the Instagram app. I don't have 
my personal email. It's like just my work email and only people call that phone number if they have it through my work. So that's nice too, because I can just put on airplane mode for all day and um, just check my work email and stuff on my work phone. So that's been like actually really, I don't want to say lifting my spirits because it's not like something that makes me happy, but it's helping to mitigate the stress and the like doom scrolling and that kind of stuff. Something that is lifting my spirits, and I think this is pretty common, but I've been trying to get more specific about my health. And I have two apps on my phone to help me with this. Um, And I think that I'm not even going to say what the specific apps are, because I don't actually think either of them are very good, but I, (laughs) but I like what they help me do. So one of them is to like track what I eat. And I I think that this can be potentially harmful um, if you are like not in the right headspace to do this. But for me, I actually have I will say like an exciting thing coming up soon. And all I'll say about that is that t-shirts are about to get really comfortable for me. And because of this, I want to make sure that I'm eating very healthy and specifically a lot of protein. And I don't really keep track. I like kind of forget what I eat. Like I don't remember what I had yesterday Oh, I do remember what I had yesterday for breakfast, but that's because I have to, I like put it in my app and then it helps me be like, okay, you could have a bit more protein for your next meal. Like it's very gentle. And then it also encourages me to like fill up the, this like big glass of water by the end of the day. And I every, so every time I have like eight ounces of water, I like can put that in. Mm-hmm. If it's like on a water bottle and then I put it in. and it, it just, it really helps me be mindful about like what I'm putting into my body just to make sure that all the nutrients that we need, that I'm hitting those targets and that I've like put in some goals of mine just to make sure that I'm really like giving my body the right fuel and energy because I do have something coming up that I want to make sure I'm physically up at my best for like taking lots of good vitamins and stuff like that. And then another app that I have, and I actually did pay for this one just for a one month subscription, because then I really feel like I'll use it even though it was only like $2.99. Like if you do the $2.99, like I'm definitely going to use it every day, (laughs) um, creates workouts for me, but it's specifically to target muscle groups that I told the app. So I want to build out like my shoulders and like pec muscles and like really my like torso and like arm area. And so I'm like, listen, like I know how to do leg workouts. I can do that. And they'll like build it into my like daily thing. But they give me these like really bite-sized workouts. Like some of them will be like seven minutes. It'll be like, this is your like seven minute thing to do. I'm I'm honestly only a weekend. So I don't know if there's like, <laughs> that's why I'm not recommending it. Cause like maybe none of this is going to work, but I feel like it's been very helpful for me to just like piecemeal make my health a priority. And that does help me mentally. You know, just like it's like little things of like making making sure I am drinking enough water, making sure that I'm not only eating like ramen noodles, making sure that I'm like, okay, how is my protein doing and communicating that with you so that like when we go to like Whole Foods the other day and I ended up picking out sushi, I'm like, that's going to be great for protein because there's a lot of protein in sushi, at least the type of sushi that I I got. I feel like things like food tracking apps and that kind of thing can be like really not good for some people but i I would say the way that you're like using these are literally the perfect like ideal situation where you're trying to make sure it's not about like restriction or anything it's about 
fuel and making sure that you yeah. are getting what you need. And and it is hard to, if you're not like a nutritionist and you're not trained to do that, it's actually really hard to understand how much protein and that sort of thing you're getting with certain meals. So being able to have like essentially a food calculator help you, I think is actually really important. Like well, I don't you wouldn't know how to do that without some sort of help. And fat as well. Oh, fat I think is so I, important. And so I've it noticed. it has like this wheel and it'll be like, okay, so this is your wheel of carbs or something and, mm-hmm. th- and they'll be like within this range and like so every yeah. day changes but they're like within this range like this is a good amount of carbs for you to consume and then like this is a good amount of like fats for you to consume and it's really helpful for me to understand like the the nutrients that i'm giving my body yeah i've fat is really important for our brains yeah this is suddenly a nutrition podcast yeah no we don't, it's no, literally we not please do not. don't do take not. any advice from absolutely us absolutely not but i've just heard that fat is really important for your brain like foods that have fat um i guess there's like different kinds of fat like omega again not the place to get this advice but i do notice that i need to have fats in the morning whether it's like a full fat yogurt or even like an english muffin with butter some sort of fat because i don't feel well otherwise like i i don't know what it is but if i if i just have nothing with fat in it in the Mm -hmm. morning then i really don't feel well Mm mm-hmm it's specifically for breakfast too. I've I didn't even read that. Day. I didn't even like read that. I just have felt that. I totally. Like, it's like I don't even know if that's true, but that just feels true. You I know? mean, literally, that's what I'm yeah. saying. I don't know if that's true, but it feels true. Is that I need some type of fat with breakfast. So yeah, I think also to offset uh, caffeine. I think probably is yeah. probably what it is because I tend to drink caffeine in the morning. Um, actually, you talking about that, I don't have like a super prepared list of things for this episode because I was having trouble thinking of things <laughs> that are keeping my spirits up. <laughs> but I uh, – no, I'm doing fine, guys. I also have a meditation app that I love that I will say the name of it in case you're curious. I've talked before on my solo episodes about using a meditation app, and I don't think I've shared the name, mostly because I'm not like promoting it per se. But if you're curious, I use an app called Superhuman. My only caveat is it honestly is really expensive. It's like $30 a month, but I get the year-long subscription, which saves a lot. I think it's like $200 for a year, so I just paid that once, but it's really good, I will say. It's like, I feel like it's kind of like a very, very elevated meditation app. They have like so many categories, so many really good meditations, and they make new ones every single day they put out new some at least one new meditation but i don't feel like i could ever get through even all the ones they currently have and they have even like pilates workouts with meditations in the app with the videos so it's almost like a pilates and like yoga stretch app as well anyway so i use that i try to do meditations a lot become a meditation girly as i said on one of my previous solos so yeah that's definitely helping Something that has really been helpful for me, I'm assuming for you as well, is that our neighborhood, especially the past two years, I think also the past few weeks, um, we've had just really sweet encounters with the people that live around our block, like this kind of two block radius. We've, We've bumped into people before where we've started on our walk with just Bean and Bunny, like two dogs. By the end of the walk, by the time that we are like getting around, we'll have like basically a dog park at our feet oh yeah we've had like seven or eight dogs seven or eight dogs like where where you're just like i feel like recently we've met new neighbors a bunch of new neighbors we've checked in with old neighbors like you know the lady that's like a few houses down we had she hadn't met bunny yet remember oh yeah like i i really feel very thankful in 
times like this. I remember feeling it very strongly when we were all in lockdown, that we have a neighborhood that we recognize each other, we kind of look out for each other. That is huge and really encouraging to me, because I think that it can feel like we are just so alone. And I think especially when we find ourselves in moments of doom scrolling, it feels so isolating. Mm -hmm. So getting out, meeting your neighbors, if that's an option for you, I think is just huge. And like, we we have something shared here. We have a shared sense of belonging and understanding. We all come from different walks of life. But that is um, been very encouraging for me. And I'm really thankful that we have dogs that have basically forced us to get to know our neighborhood so well. I know, it's true. Even people that don't have dogs, we end up meeting them because they'll be like, oh, can I pet your dog? But mm-hmm. we we definitely meet a lot of neighbors that either have dogs or even are like pet sitting. One of our neighbors is pet sitting. Yeah. And so we have She's gotten to know. consistently pet sitting though. I think, well, yeah, I think she... The people are out of town for like two months. Oh, okay. I was going to be like, she's always pet sitting. No, because she said she's giving the dogs back in in like two months. And that's why we hadn't met her before. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is a new neighbor, but we like her a lot. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's all I have. That's all you have? Well, I mean, as far as I have like a bunch. Okay. Let me see. Let me see your list. Oh my gosh. Let me see. Well, I had one of the same as you. Yeah. Monk. Nice. And then I talked about turning on airplane mode already. The way we're really relying on <laughs> on Monk right now. No, I think you should wait. I think you should read this thing that you wrote in your notes app. Okay. I think that's sweet. Well, I know it's going to sound. Listen, it's not sweet, actually. It's me being like, I literally cannot take my time to get through to people that cannot use critical thinking skills. That's what I wrote is that a lot of things don't matter in this life. I have I realize that the older I get, the more I'm just like. It doesn't matter. Like, I cannot use my time for something that I won't care about in a few years. Like, every single day, I genuinely really try to think about, is this something that is advancing my goal of how I view my ideal self? And especially myself in, like, several years when I'll see the fruits of the things that I'm working on now. If it doesn't go towards those, I cannot do it. And I will not do it. And... What are that, yeah? What are give me like an example? Like what are you referencing? You're well, you're talking okay. about like protecting your peace. Yes, protecting my peace. And I feel like so often I get questions, and I don't mean this in a critical way at all. I'm more like feeling for people that are caught up in being like, well, this person that I work with or go to school with or this even family member is not accepting or they like can't really see eye to eye with me on these very important issues like the the Supreme Court ruling we were talking about, whatever it may be. And I think more than ever, I honestly don't have a lot of hope that in this country will come to some place of unity. I'm more like, I literally cannot give the time of day if you cannot use critical thinking skills and you cannot show basic empathy, then I have to move on. Mm. And I don't know where that leaves you. It leaves you in the fucking dust, but I don't know. I, I can't do it and I won't do it. I think especially like people who have their mind made up yeah. who are going to – because I've been in conversations like that as well. I remember for an episode of State of Grace where we sat down with someone who was kind, was – I mean was nice, I would say, but was like really just spewing misinformation about 
her position as being pro-life and it was like it was like just talking to a wall yeah it was and it was one of those things where it was like we had worked with doctors we had i remember after our conversation going back to the doctor that we spoke with in alabama just to fact check some things and you know, lamenting with that doctor of like, it's so frustrating. It reminds me of the Kellyanne Conway bit of like, well, we have alternative facts. I'm like, that's not how that works. And you can't, at a certain point, I believe that the truth will prevail. And that people become very defensive and exacerbated and loud when the truth is not on their side. And you, you do yourself often no good to try and meet their volume. It is better to speak facts and truth and connect with people who have ears to hear and are open to listen rather than the people that are like shouting misinformation on a megaphone or from whatever sad Instagram account they have. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I don't mean to sound so negative. It's just like, if we're talking... Yeah, keep sweet. (laughs) Yeah, keep... No, just... No, I'm sorry. It's more just like, I... I mean, on the one hand, I honestly think that in terms of polling and what we can understand about like a temperature check of the people in this country majority of people actually think similarly to the way we do yeah like not identical because there's so many there's so you mean on this decision specifically just many issues that are being talked about right now but yes this decision specifically i do think it's it's not like every single person you go out and meet is going to be potentially horribly at odds with things that you think are right and true Mm -hmm. but at the same time there's always going to be this toxic religious countervailing like just viewpoint that i so disagree with and well we have religious extremists on the supreme court yes and just yeah religious extremists are hell-bent on doing so much damage to what people in this country actually want is what i believe and i'm not i don't mean to sound defeatist and like well i'll just let them and like not engage because that's also such a privileged position to have But at the same time, in terms of interpersonal relations, I mean, I've like cut anyone out of my life who thinks that way. So I can't really speak. But that's what I mean is like, if I cut, you're cut. And if I were to go back to North Carolina, which I rarely do, which isn't like anything against North Carolina, it's just the circles that are left there for me Mm because of like who I know there. If I were to encounter somebody that was speaking this way, I just can't engage. Yeah, it's like, I will not waste my time with someone who lacks basic critical thinking, which is what I think of anyone who has these regressive positions. It's like I can remember when being in a religious sort of um, bubble, I used to like buy into certain arguments. I honestly don't remember ever being like anti-choice personally, but no shade if that's what you believed at a certain point because that was drilled in. Very much but, in Christian circles. But it's like, I can much. remember when I could sort of grapple with those arguments. And now I'm like, oh, that's a dumb argument. You're literally not understanding. And if you willfully will not understand, I can't speak with you. I can't engage with you. And my piece is too important. So mm-hmm. I will be moving on. And that's it. Yeah. And and I think also that there are resources for people to educate themselves if they're ever open to hearing another side but i i really i hate the like arguments to nowhere where you're arguing with someone who is just not telling the truth we're not we're not even talking in the same language at this point so yeah protecting your peace is really important and 
I think there are things you can do on a systemic level to encourage change, but I guess this is what I what I really wanted to say is it's not your duty and your job to try to break through to somebody that it's like talking to a brick wall. Mm-hmm. It's not your job. I think using your judgment to choose your conversations and to emphasize conversation and dialogue. If that is not what is happening around you, you do not need to be berated by someone. Yeah. You do not need to sit through that. And that is not protecting your peace. If someone wants to sit down and dialogue with you and you feel like you have the bandwidth to do that, that's a different thing. But do not feel like it is your duty to be savior in somebody's fantasy argument (laughs) that they've decided to have. Like in somebody else, you do not have to join them in the delusion. And I understand the knee-jerk response of just being so mad when people are saying misinformation and they have these like extremely smug and hateful points of view, which I'm sure somebody that disagreed with me would be like, oh, well, you sound pretty smug right about now. And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, maybe. They'd be like, hey, keep sweet. Keep sweet. (laughs) But I don't know. Keep sweet, lesbian. Yeah. I just, (laughs) I am beyond the point of trying to engage with people that are so willfully ignorant and stubborn and hateful. So that's kind of like the only other point that I had on my list was just like realizing it doesn't matter. I think I said on a on an episode in the past, my view of like whatever the spiritual afterlife may be is like we all will have like perfect peace and understanding, but it may never come in this life. And I just have to make peace with that. <laughs> what did you say that cracked me up when we were talking about this? You're like, Oh, I was I'll just like, I'll you- see you when we get there. Yeah. Like, I will not be seeing you in this life because it's <laughs> too toxic. Goodbye for now. Yeah, I'll see you in the next one or in the afterlife. Yeah, catch you then. I'm sure things will be fine then. Mm-hmm. I will have maybe gotten off my high horse a little bit. You will have had your bad views reversed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. oh, you know what? Let's end on this note. Okay. Here's here's a great thing that will keep you encouraged. The new Muna album. Album. Oh yeah. The new Muna album is is serotonin. I encourage you all to take a listen, have some fun. Also, I am writing new music and I also hope that that will be fun for you. It will. Um it's really good. Like there's some there's some upbeat stuff, okay? I know we we've got some saddies in there, but we got some boppies as well. <laughs> I'm looking out for you. I believe in you. It is going to be okay. Hang on to each other. Hang on to your peace. This is going to do it for this episode of Under Our Roof. I don't know what this episode was. I'm so sorry. but keep sweet. Thank you for if, listening. Will you, will you all hate us if we use that as such a dark joke? Honestly, I honestly want feedback on if it's too dark or if yeah. it's okay, if we can reclaim it. But if it's too dark, I will cease. Yeah, let us know. You can always write to us at underourroofpod at gmail.com and we'll see you next week on Under, Under Our Roof. My love for you is gold, not blue, and shining more brightly 